This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Another day, another game, another competition. If only something could be done about all these fixtures. Oh, wait. No, sorry, that one's been done before. Liverpool, though, back in Premier League action this afternoon with a trip down to Villa Park to take on the newly promoted Aston Villa. The Reds' first trip to that part of the second city since a 6-0 win back in February 2016. I'm Guy Clark and this is Behind Enemy Lines on Blood Red as we build up to kick off and have a sneak peek at what Liverpool can expect to face. We'll be talking all things Villa, of course, but not only that as we catch up with a man who turned out for both clubs with distinction as part of the last Liverpool team to win the league title. It's a pleasure, therefore, to welcome Ray Houghton to Blood Red. Ray, thanks a lot for your time. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Yeah, all good. And in terms of the game, obviously Liverpool travelling down to, to Villa Park, and I suppose Villa, whilst newly back in the Premier League, you've acclimatised quite well to being back in the top flight. Yeah, they, they really have. I mean, they started, uh, I mean, it's a tough start for them. I've seen the first couple of games where they lost to Tottenham and Bournemouth. I've got to say they were very unlucky in both games. Um, I thought the Spurs game, they, they sort of run out of legs after an hour, um, which is to be expected, you know, that big leap from Championship side to Premier League team. Um, that was a good learning curve. For them. next game out, they lost to Bournemouth, where they were very unlucky. A couple of uh, mistakes, one by Heaton when he gave away a penalty. Uh, and that proved their undoing. And after that, you know, they've had some decent results, particularly of late. Um, yeah, they lost to Manchester City. There's no great shame in that. But this is a, another big test for them, particularly being at home. Um, if you look at the defeats that they've had, Spurs, Bournemouth, what I mentioned, Palace, Arsenal, and Manchester City, is a recurring team. They had teams from the top six last season, like Spurs, Arsenal, Man City, they've lost to, and they've got another one, uh, Liverpool, who finished second last season. And I suppose for Liverpool, from the point of view, going to Villa Park, whilst, yeah, Villa have, have had these tough games and Man City away last weekend, sort of perhaps at the top of that list, Villa Park can be an intimidating place to go, I suppose, as Everton found out earlier in the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and Villa are playing with a lot of confidence at the moment. You know, I think they've really adapted very well from a championship side to a Premier League team. I think a lot of the players uh, where you may have a, a question mark to the made that adjustment, uh, have done really well. If you look at the, you know, the goal scorers that they've got at the moment, you know, and the players that they've brought in, how well they've done, you know, Wesley, four league goals this season already. I mean, he's an unknown commodity, if you like. Um, it's one thing coming from another country, it's another one settling in straight away and making a name for yourself. And I certainly think he's done that. McGinn's done brilliantly, you know, with the three league goals he's got. Uh, Greenish, we always thought, couldn't make that step up quite comfortably. Uh, but still, whether you're a local lad, uh, it's a team that you supported since you were a youngster. There's a great uh, burden on you, and you have to perform, and he's certainly done that as well. And on John McGinn, I suppose, in, in the midfield, a lot is made of Jack Grealish and being the local lad, being the captain of the team. But John McGinn, a guy who came down from Scotland last season, seems to have settled into the Premier League like he's always been there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he's been phenomenal. I mean, whenever you watch him play... You know, he's a, he's a wholehearted player. He gives you 100%. You know, he's never questioned by the fans for his attitude of commitment. You know, we're going to get from John virtually every game. He's thriving in the environment that he's in. I think it really suits him because he knows the players, obviously, after their great run in the championship last season, you know, culminating in that victory at Wembley to get to the Premier League. And some players sink. 
some swim, and he certainly can swim at the minute. As far as you know, the fact that he he's enjoying his football at Villa, enjoying playing in the Premier League. I'm sure all the players are looking forward to every game that they're involved in. In the next couple of months, we go to. Uh, I think they've only got three league games in November, starting with this one. I think they've got Wolves away in Newcastle home, Villa. So they're not going to be taxed as far as you know matches are concerned because there is that international break. But then you go into um, the period over Christmas and you know December itself, and I think they've got eight matches. One of them is Liverpool in the, the League Cup, the seven league games, and that'll sort out if the squad is strong enough. And certainly, you know Dean Smith will know much more about his players and the handling of the, the big games that they've got coming up. Yeah, and looking at that, I think they've only got three home games, including the game with Liverpool at Villa Park until the middle of December. So these games at Villa Park, I suppose, are going to be games that they target and that they look at and hope to get points in because you know all too well yourself having played there that this home support, I suppose, they've had rocky best part of sort of seven years of flirting with relegation before eventually getting dragged down three years in the championship. But now it seems as though everything's coming back together. The, the clubs has won once more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you know haven't been there for as I say for the first game of the season at home against Bournemouth. I got to say the home support was absolutely brilliant. Certainly behind the players, really believed in them. And I think he, you know, even with the you know the defeat that they had, they seen signs. There was enough to see in the game that they'll create opportunities and score goals. And if you look at what they've achieved so far, is that fifteen league goals uh, so far? I think it's only these five or six teams that have actually scored more than them. Uh, conceding-wise, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a problem. They've conceded 16 in the, the, the 10 games that they've played. Uh, they'll have to get that number down. But certainly there are signs at the moment through everyone, from the manager to the players to the fans, they're all pulling in the one direction. That's usually important. And if they continue uh, where they are at the minute, you know, I mean, they're averaging just over a point a game. If you do that over 38 games, you're going to stay up 38 points will keep you in the Premier League for next season. And I think that's important. You know, it's not about finishing in the top 10, you know, top six for, for Villa. I think we have been out of the league for a while um, and, you know, getting back into it, it's sustaining your position. It's making sure you're there next season to build once again. I think the owner uh, has got very good ideas and I think uh, he certainly will be looking to put more money into the club uh, in the future as well. So it's, it's building and it's building the right way at the moment. And I know it's an easy conclusion to draw, but a lot was made of their their summer spending. And I know they had to spend a lot because of players out of contract and loan players they had last year. But two clean sheets so far this season, I suppose it points to the fact this defence are learning on the job and, and building partnerships as they go. Yeah, I've got to say, I've, I've quite enjoyed watching. I'll look at Tyrone Mings, for example. I mean, he's rediscovered his career, hasn't he? You know, I mean, he, he moved from Ipswich to Bournemouth. There was big things made of him. Um, it didn't work out for Tyrone for a variety of reasons. I think he picked up some injuries, lost a bit of confidence, uh, but got his chance going to Villa last season on loan. Done remarkably well. Villa designed to, to, to buy him. And he's just flourished. You know, I, I think he's really came on. He's, he's a, I, I think, someone that you could put up there as a, a role model to any youngsters when you feel like you think times are hard and things aren't going your way if you just work through it that you'll get your opportunities but you've got to keep believing you've got to keep thinking that you've got uh, the ability to do it um, and I certainly think that's the case with Tyrone who's done remarkably well and then culminating and getting his first England cap against Bulgaria as well so all credit to him uh, and I think as a back four 
with Target coming in recently. You've got Ingalls back there, Gilbert, the fullback as well. You know, there's a bit of a settled back line in recent weeks with Tom Heaton in goal as well. So I think they're learning as they go along. They're getting a better understanding game by game. And I think that'll improve as the season goes on. And those fullbacks aren't afraid to go forward, but I suppose up against Salah and Mane, they're going to have their hands full defensively before they can think about crossing that halfway line. Well, I think one of the things that uh, Villa will be looking at, and I'll be looking at, is their uh, formation in the game uh, and the tactics that they employ. They sort of changed it last week. It, it looked like when they went to Man City, they went with a more defensive shape with two sitting midfielders. I'm not sure they'll do that against Liverpool, particularly being at home. Um, and I think when you're playing against Liverpool, what teams to me in recent weeks are learning is you've got to try and push Liverpool's full-backs back as much as you can. You know, that might be uh, depending on the squad and the fitness and one thing or another, but you may be looking at Trezeguet and Neil Garzi as the two wide players and their job might be to try and push Liverpool's two full-backs back, making sure they don't come forward and dictate the game. Because that's an avenue where Liverpool gets so much joy. If you looked at the last couple of seasons with Trent Alexander-Arnold and, uh, and Robertson, the amount of goals that they have assisted in is quite phenomenal. Um, they are so relying on the front frame. You know, when you look at Liverpool's goals this season already. You know, you're looking at. I think Manny's got five league goals. Salah likewise, and Firmino's got three. And if you go through the other players, you know, you're looking at, you know, the midfielders, Ronaldo, I think, has got one, Henderson's got one, Milner's got one. So they're not, the midfielders don't score an abundance of goals. Where they get their goals from is from the front players. They're very reliant on them. And how do you get the service to them? It's normally from the full-back positions. So I think, you know, Dean Smith is an astute manager and I think he'll have a plan in place to try uh, uh, and, and, and impose themselves on the game. If you sit back against Liverpool, They'll beat you. You've got to impose yourself. You've got to be brave against them. You've got to uh, get players in advanced positions. You've got to try and push their fullbacks back. You have to make them defend. And if you can do that, you can certainly get opportunities in the match. You mentioned Dean Smith there. It, it is a bit of a romantic tale. There's a number through this Aston Villa squad. We spoke about Mings before, Jack Grealish being the captain, but Dean mm-hmm. Smith, British manager, being given a chance with his hometown club, the, the club that I think he was once a ball boy at, or his, his dad was a steward there, certainly. It's, it is it is a nice tale to see. We, obviously, Chris Wilder's doing likewise at Sheffield United. Yeah, and it's great that you know teams that have been promoted are doing so well, isn't it? You know, you can get seasons where they really struggle, you know, because they just haven't got the finances, they haven't got the ability to go out and spend at the rate of some of the others. And Villa, where they've done, I think, remarkably well, because when you come up through the playoffs, you've got even less time to get uh, your house in order as far as the signings and the recruitment that you want. They can make it that much more difficult. But I think they bought well. I think, they, you know, obviously, they knew some of the players that they were going to keep from last season and make it more permanent. That worked in their favour. But Dean's a very good manager. You know, you can see he's got the club at heart. He's uh, he's obviously got money to spend. You've got to spend it wisely. I certainly think he's done that. But he's brought the feel-good factor back. You know, the fans are enjoying the football. You know, there's a lot of times you see teams uh, come up from the Championship into the Premier League and some of the football they play is a bit dire because they're worried, they're scared of the opposition. You know, they've been there for a long term uh, and they know uh, the strengths that they've got and they come into it and they're a little bit timid. Uh, I've not seen that from Villa. I think from first game of the season, I say against Spurs, they attacked it in the right way. Uh, and I think their fitness level has grown because it's a different type of fitness that's required in the Premier League compared to the Championship. 
you know, the championship is much more of a, a war of attrition. It's like virtually, you know, Saturday, midweek, Saturday, midweek. I know there's only eight more games, but that's the feeling that you've got with the games. Uh, whereas you get into the Premier League, you know, you're not going to have the ball for as, as much. You have to be more patient. At times, you have to keep your shape a little bit more. You have to be more disciplined. And certainly one thing you have to do is minimising mistakes. In the, in the championship, you can get away with making some mistakes because the players aren't quite of the quality of the Premier League. But if you do that, when you become a Premier League side, you normally get punished. Uh, and I think they're certainly a learning game by game as they go along from that point of view. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red Channel. I, I suppose with Aston Villa, when you look at them, the, the aim this year will certainly be to make sure that they don't get dragged into a relegation battle. But looking at the profile of the squad, quite a young squad with Premier League experience in key positions when you talk about Heaton and Mings. But it gets you get the feeling that this is a club reborn now that is ready, if they can stay up this season, to now try and push themselves back to regaining their order as a top half Premier League side. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's it's building, you know, brick by brick, to be honest. I don't think you've got to jump ahead of yourself and say, you know, one season we're up, next season we're going to finish in the top eight. You know, I just think that's unrealistic. You know, you, you can see what happened to Wolves last season. You know, they've done remarkably well this season because they made Europe. It's been much more difficult for them. And, and they're a target because teams try to work out the strengths and the weaknesses. And Villa will get that as they go along. I think <clears throat> key is, number one, staying in the Premier League. I think, as I said before, the owner's got money to spend. So, you know, come January, uh, I think teams and backroom staff will have a better understanding of what's working, what's not quite so good. Is the depth of the squad good enough? And I think uh, they'll accordingly bring in the right players to improve them. But it's you can't go and do what you did before and overspend and all of a sudden you find yourself with, you know, uh, uh, players uh, at the club that are costing you an absolute fortune. You haven't got the finances to pay them. You have to make sure that you build the club in the right way, learn from previous mistakes that have been made in the past and make sure you don't do that for the future. Well, Ray, it would be amiss of us not to talk about Liverpool. Nine wins from the opening 10 Premier League games, joint best record that anyone's ever recorded in the Premier League. Just what have you made of the Reds so far this season? Well, you can't argue against what they've achieved. You know, they've only lost one game in all competitions, which was against Napoli. You know, apart from that, it's been excellent. You know, they've got the, the, the draw uh, in the league at Manchester United and nine straight wins. And otherwise, you know, so nine out of ten is a remarkable achievement. Um, once again, the score and Freddy. Still, uh, defensively, they've not you know conceded too many. I would suggest that people think that maybe uh, this season they've gave up more chances certainly than they did last. Um, I still think with the players that they've got, and particularly in that forward area, they're going to be a threat to any team. And what they are doing at the moment, uh, which is a sign, I think, of a, a very good team, is that they're scoring late in, in games. So a couple of things that shows you that. One is the fitness level, and two is the confidence you know, they keep going. They know if it's the 90, if it's five minutes added on, they've got a chance in the last five minutes to score. It's not as if they've just seen it out for a draw. They're going for the win. And I think that's been reflected in the matches that they've won recently. You know, it's, it's been absolutely tremendous games where it looks like it could be, you know, only one point in the game, but they've turned them one point into three. And normally that's a sign of a team that will certainly be competing come the end of the season to win the title. 
And when you look at Liverpool, I suppose mentality-wise, they just continue to sort of go above and beyond, I suppose, what you'd expect because last year they got those 97 points. I suppose it would have been easy for them to feel sorry for themselves, but the way they've come back this season to set the pace right from the start and, as you say, just going to the very end in every game that they're playing. Well, what I've been very impressed with is is they've got the attitude of, of the Liverpool teams of old which is, um, you know, you're not you're not a winner from one season. You know, it's what you do consistently, season on season. That's where you know, the fans look at you and, and put you, hold you up as, you know, uh, the legends of the club. Is what you do on a consistent basis. And I'm delighted to see that after last season, 30 wins, seven draws, one defeat, that they've continued at the same rate this season. You know, nine wins and one draw is phenomenal at the start of the season. Um, but it's that win last year and the uh, last season, should I say, in the Champions League, which has really boosted them. It's given supreme confidence. When you think the last few years, you think the last few years what they've achieved. Um, you know they've had what this four finals, two Champions League. You know they've had the uh, the League Cup final, which they, they missed out on, the Europa League final, which they lost as well. So they finally found a way how to win, and I think that's boosted their confidence, knowing. I think there's you know, every reason why, if they continue the way they are at the moment, that they will be setting a, a you know a measure and a and a performance level that will be hard to match. I mean, City will be there because of the the ability they've got and the depth of the squad that they've got. But Liverpool have set a real tone to the season, and it's up to the others to try and catch them. But if you go if you go past the top six at the moment, Crystal Palace are currently sixth position. I think Man United are seventh. Man United have got less than half. Points that Liverpool have got. Liverpool have got 28 points. Manchester United have got 13. That's how good they've been. They're only 10 games into the season. You're talking about some very good sides from seventh downwards who, you know, are, are already looking at Liverpool uh, and they're off and you know, off and running and away from the rest. And, and you and your playing days were part of that Liverpool dressing room. Fair to say, the greatest in the club's history of that winning mentality that you guys had and alluded to it there that after winning in Madrid it doesn't seem to be a case of bathing in that glory I know you tell the story of when you won league medals it was a case of right lads put it away because we're going again for it next year it started right away there and it feels as though Liverpool have, have rediscovered that now under Jurgen Klopp Yeah well I mean before my time Liverpool were you know habitual winners if you look at league titles um, you know league cup winners FA cup winners Champions League winners as uh, as the European Cup as it was back then they used to do that you know before I came so it was embedded in uh, the psyche of the Liverpool teams and and supporters it was about okay we've won things but you have to be consistent it's what you do the following season the season after that the season after that there's no use having one good season and then finishing fourth or fifth the next couple of seasons you know you have to be up there competing and that's certainly the case at the moment um, and they just have a never say die attitude. Uh, it doesn't matter which team Jurgen Klopp puts out. There's a real joy around the club. That's what I'm saying. I've, and we've been talking about Aston Villa, and I see that same joy at Aston Villa. Fans like the team playing good football. They like winning football matches. But there's a pride. There's a pride at Villa Park at the moment. And there's a, certainly a pride at uh, Anfield in what the players are achieving. And it's through hard work, dedication, very good manager. Who, a good recruitment policy who sees the players that he needs to bring in to improve the squad the players enjoy being in his company they enjoy their training you don't hear any negativity coming out of Liverpool at all 
you know, the player's dissatisfied or the training's not good or they're training too hard, whatever the case may be, which you hear at some other clubs when things aren't going well, uh, it's all systems go. They're in a good place at the moment, Liverpool. Now it's up to them between now and the end of the season with 28 league games to go to prove themselves once again. And that's what you have to do. When you're a big club and you're at one of the biggest clubs in, in world football, which Liverpool are, they're a world team. Everyone's eyes are on you around the world. We're all looking to see what you want to do after an excellent season last season. Can you improve upon it this season? And at the moment, they're certainly on target to do that. I know the game moves on and sports science advances things in certain different ways, but I suppose the core fundamentals have always been the same. The best teams are the sides that run the hardest, the sides that pass and move and press the ball from the front. And yes, a lot spoken about modern day tactics, but I suppose Liverpool are back or getting back to what were the core principles even even during your time there? Yeah, well, look at Manchester City. You know, if you look at uh, the way that Pep Guardiola side plays, and they've been the dominant force in the last two seasons. Well, the amount of points, there's 198 points in the last two seasons that they've uh, accumulated. Absolutely phenomenal. But that, that's not just based on having the best players. And that's not just based on the fact that uh, they've had more possession of the ball, they've created more chances. Have a look at their work rate. Have a look at Bernardo Silva in games when he's chasing back and making challenges. Have a look at David Silva doing that, right in Sterling, you know, Leroy Sarney, Aguero, Jesus. It's not just born out of brilliant ability. You need the dedication. You need that attitude that goes with it. The bywords I learned at Liverpool wasn't, you know, obviously about you know, being the best team. It was about attitude and commitment. They're words that will never, that will never go out of the game. It doesn't matter what generation that you're playing. It doesn't matter what players that you've got. You can have the best players in the world, but if that attitude's not right and they're not fully committed, they're never going to showcase the talent that they've got. That's what sets them apart from the rest. It's not only are they good players, they work as hard as the opposition, their attitude is good as the opposition, and then when it comes to a football game and they get the ball down, they've got better players in the opposition. So you've got to match the opposition, and that's what's happening with what uh, I, I would say uh, at the moment is the key to Liverpool and to Manchester City. Not only have they got good players, but everyone works hard for the cause. And Ray, we've spoken about the game this afternoon at Villa Park that's going to be taking place. Obviously, Liverpool welcome Genk to Anfield in midweek, but you speaking about Man City there, it would be wrong of me not to ask you, come next weekend on the Sunday at Anfield, just before the international break, Liverpool take on Manchester City, the first head-to-head of the season. It feels psychologically going into then that two-week break as though that could be quite a crucial one. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Think back to last season, you know, and the difference between the two sides is Liverpool only picked up one point in the two games against Man City. You know, City picked up four. And that, that was huge over the course of the campaign, wasn't it? You know, Liverpool lost out by a point. Um, and there's the difference. And it could come down to that again. You know, I think also psychologically for Liverpool to, to beat Man City in the league would be huge. You know, they've done it in cup competitions and we know they've done it a couple of seasons ago in the Champions League uh, to knock Manchester City out but I think going into this uh, break for the international matches that are coming up it would be a huge for Liverpool and also you know we'd give them a good uh, platform points wise uh, and the difference between the two teams as well now they did have a point uh, advantage last season uh, around about the same time but I don't think they had the experience this time around they've been there before you know they've, they've, they've done it they know what they, what's required 
Uh, and like every club that's going into uh, November, December, particularly December, December will really uh, start to weed out who's going to be in the top four, who might be in a relegation battle. But more importantly for Liverpool is how much of a points gap are they going to have or is there going to be one against Man City because of so many games coming up. Winnable ones and games that you could lose and it's just down to attitude, it's down to you know your, 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 the squad size and just how well you're playing. But absolutely huge and it'd be a, a, a fantastic game. And for Liverpool, you know, they've had a tough run of late. You know, it's been a tough uh, run of matches, obviously, playing against Tottenham. Uh, Aston Villa away will be tough game for them. You know, Manchester City next week as well will be absolutely huge for them. But what they'll be doing, guys, more than anything at the moment, is just concentrating today's game. That's the most important one. The others will take care of themselves. That's for the future. It's the here and the now. It's what Liverpool do against... Uh, Aston Villa today they know it's going to be a tough game because Villa as I say are playing with real confidence uh, and real belief uh, and Liverpool have to take care of business and get uh, get a victory if they can against Villa Well Ray thanks a lot for your time great to uh, chat to you about all things Liverpool Aston Villa ahead of this afternoon's game as I say really appreciate your time Thanks Guy Former Liverpool and Aston Villa midfielder Ray Houghton here with us on Behind Enemy Lines on Blood Red. Well, plenty to whet the appetite, not only for this afternoon's game, but also next weekend too. We'll be back though after the game tonight with the post-game pod with all the reaction you need here on Blood Red. Thanks to all those who continue to support what we do and for your company through this pod. Until next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.